world's not as simple as it used to be. It's not enough to be a good guy anymore. We have to be the best. The time has come. All will be accounted for. Or we will hunt them. Stand up. It's time to be the heroes we were always meant to be. No, I'm talking about Tiger King still. I feel like at this point, I really shouldn't learn anymore because everything I hear about it, it just sounds like a bit from SNL, like the Stefan. You know, when he's describing nightclubs, he's like, New York's hottest club is Tiger King. It has everything. Carol Baskin, um, gay men with mullets, tigers eating people, and like just goes on and on and on and on. I'm just That's what I hear about it. I have no context. I'm like, so they have an animal sanctuary, and goodness, things happen there. Ooh. Yeah, have, well, have you have you not heard anything about the the animal sanctuary like harem cults? Is that a thing among all animal handlers, or just Joe Exotic? Uh I'm gonna say most of them, from what the documentary told me, which, as we've discussed, is probably not the most accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna watch IT Crowd for the millionth time and call yeah. it good. <laughs> Or, or you can wait for the uh, <laughs> for the announced and like half casted uh, Joe Exotic, uh, Joe Exotic movie starring Nicolas Cage. That sounds. Oh gosh, I mean that actually sounds kind of good, but I'm not gonna see it. That sounds like exactly like what I wanted after I was done with <laughs> documentary. No, it sounds it sounds like like snakes on a plane. Like, <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if we got Samuel L. Jackson to be in this movie and say this line, and then it happened? Yeah. Uh... Oh, well, I mean, like, it fits Nicolas Cage, though, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he'd be perfect for it. But I don't want him to be perfect for it. Like, I want Nicolas Cage to do different things with him. <laughs> like, better things. Like Ghost Rider 3. Crazy, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want him to have a cameo in, like, the Marvel movies. I just that's all I'm asking for is a cameo. I want him to be someone, but I'm not sure who. Do you guys are you guys up to are you guys listen to the rumors of like castings and stuff like that? Are you into that? A little bit. Not like Very I don't little. search it out. Okay. Do you mind if I share something about Doctor Strange? And then we can start well, talking. Apart from that, which is the best thing. Oh. <laughs> so apparently there's two heroes are rumored to be appearing or debuting in the Doctor Strange movie. Oh. One of them is Captain Britain. Oh, okay. And the other is Ghost Rider. Okay. And the rumor mill has it that if they're not using the doc- the Ghost Rider character from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that they're actively seeking out the one only, the one John Wick, Keanu Reeves for the Ghost Rider role. Huh, I, I could see that. Yeah, they've been after him for a while. I, I would actually love Keanu Reeves as uh, Moon Knight. Yeah. Ooh, that is yeah. that is what I want. <laughs> there have been Keanu Reeves casting rumors for a while, um, and I think Moon Knight was one that was thrown mm-hmm. around, wasn't it? It was. I I I said that, and like a week later, that was like the rumor that was coming out, and I was like, <laughs> don't toy with me like this. <laughs> I can't <laughs> handle this. <laughs> I'm actually very curious about Captain Britain, though. Like, I've I've read some of the uh, Captain Britain comics that Alan Moore wrote. They're not bad. I, I, the internet wants uh, Henry Cavill for Captain Britain. 
and I can't and I can't no. say they're wrong. No. Oh, I can. Really? Do you guys don't like Henry Cavill? It's not even. It's not even really about Henry Cavill. Um, Henry Cavill. Oh, I don't know. Henry Cavill. <laughs> Henry. <laughs> you mean less Superman? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, you know, that's that's what kills me. Super. Super. Super ombre. Je suis Joël. I'm a very strong. I can fly. All the way to Marseille and back. That's the funniest thing we're going to say all night. We haven't even started. I peaked too early. <laughs> oh, hey man, that's just like me in high school. <laughs> oh, it's the time of my life. Francois Mitterrand. <laughs> Guys, I'm running out of French real oh. fast. <laughs> All right, should we start then? Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to like incorporate, how to make a punt or a joke about uh, Superman. Hold, hold on, I got. I got, I got one bully base. Okay, now we're done. Now we're done. Oh, Sod, we're done. you are looking very miserable. <laughs> there oh. you go. I did it. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm peaked. <laughs> All right. I think we're just going to call the podcast early. 24601. <laughs> Sweet. We could be done. Be oh, f- I love Henri Cavill. Like, Henri Cavill is my new. Oh, I can't promise that I'm, he's not going to pop up every other podcast from now on. Well, today's, today's episode doesn't take us to France, though. We go to Japan, and then we go to, you know, Library Planet. Home of Japanime. Yeah, that, that's my favorite section of the Library Planet. Oh, yeah. is that The Japanime oh, mango oh, section. Yeah. That's why they talk. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Superhuman Registration <laughs> Podcast. We're here to talk about some Marvel comics. Uh, I think this episode is going to be kind of a nice break from the last couple, because I think between... Secret Wars and Houses and Powers of X, we've had like these really long, in-depth, intense conversations. Today we're going to talk about a couple of like, you know, kind of like routine series. It's like, here's some random little one-off five-issue event from the early 2000s, and here's the start of a massive arc, but it's the start of the arc. Absolutely nothing epic about a being that destroys gods across many pantheons and worlds. Okay. <laughs> but but it's Thor, so it's just fighting. Lots of fighting. It is. You know? <laughs> yeah. So we'll we'll talk about the fighting and we'll talk about the other fighting as well. I'm Steven and I've got Aldo and John with me on the line. And hey where are you guys going to start tonight? Just just we That's a potato. A p- <laughs> yeah, it's an apple of the earth. Yes, I know. Jeez, my limited French is just as good as yours. Oh, excellent. French, we sir. have equal limited French. Both y'all have limited French better than my limited French, because the only French I know comes from that one episode of Dexter's Laboratory. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what's not limited, though? Uh, Marvel Unlimited. Marvel Unlimited. What? Oh, that was pretty good. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, where do you guys want to start today? Uh, we can start with Five Ronin. I feel like we'll have less to say about Five Ronin. Yeah, Five Ronin. Yeah, we'll have we'll have stuff to say. Just some, some variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so 
So five. So I guess I'll I guess I'll kick it off then. I'll talk about five Ronin. Why don't you go ahead and do that? Uh, yeah. Let me just uh pull up the Marvel Wikipedia for five. Ronin. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, so five Ronin. I did my research. You said. <laughs> uh, so five Ronin is a five up five issue limited series for Marvel, uh, twenty eleven, written by Peter Milligan, with art by five different people, one for each issue. Which also features one character, um, or doesn't feature one. It, it focuses on one character, but right. features multiple. Uh, artists are Tom Cooker, Dalibor Talajik, Lawrence Campbell, Goran Parloff, and Leandro Fernandez. Um, that is a really uh, varied lineup, and I kind of like it. Um, anyway, so starts off. So there's five issues, and each one of them focuses on a different hero. Those being Wolverine, Hulk, Punisher, Psylocke, and Deadpool. I can count. That's five. Um, <laughs> and so it's uh, the characters. It's, the characters have been like repurposed for feudal Japan. So you have like Wolverine, who is a samurai whose uh, master was killed during a war, and now he's a Ronin who is a masterless samurai. And he is on a quest to kill the person who killed or who betrayed his his daimyo or his lord. Um, but the if his issue focuses on him being like a warrior who like cannot stay dead. And we find out that it's because he has brothers or people who just look like him, uh, who all kind of were part of the same unit, and like one of them has gone crazy and is killing the others. And Deadpool sees this happen. Uh this uh, the next issue is the was it the Punisher issue was second? I think it was the uh, Hulk issue second. Yeah, the Hulk issue is a little bit of a uh it's a very <laughs> it's a very small scale uh seven samurai story where there is a small town that uh is being taxed or whose f- food wares and stuff are being hijacked. Um so the villagers send a person to go ask this monk who used to fight the war who doesn't want to fight the war anymore and has escaped up to the mountains and he says no so he so he doesn't until deadpool comes along yet again insults him goes that hulk goes down to the mount goes down to the village off his mountain uh helps them prepare and then slaughters the invading army you know he hulks out um, after that is the Punisher story, and it's just the Punisher story, except he's a samurai, and he comes home from the war in Korea, not Vietnam, and finds his family has been killed, so he's searching for the daimyo who took over the land to go kill him in revenge. But before doing that, he decides he's going to kill everybody involved with the death of his family. After that, we have Psylocke, who instead of having... A very complicated backstory about switching bodies and nationalities. She's just half British and half Japanese. And she becomes a... I don't want to say a prostitute. Uh, a geisha? Well, they call him an oiran. Oiran? Orian? I can't remember. I don't have the text in front of me. <laughs> Anyways, she's like a geisha. And she's been working ever since she was sold at the... At the uh, brothel, essentially. She's been working to work her way up to being the best of the geishas so that the daimyo will 
will uh, call for her, and then she can kill him because he. Uh, I forgot what he did. Like he took their their land or something, and left her family with nothing. And her father like killed himself, and now she wants revenge. Oh, but before she does that, she has a she has a one night stand with with Wolverine, and he makes her really think about who she hates. Definitely not the person who like ripped everything from her life, but probably herself. Um, her dad. I thought it was about her dad. It's probably about her dad. It's just, it seemed a little high and mighty coming from Wolverine. And I think that's the point, but, you know, whatever. Um, and then the last story is Deadpool, who just kind of goes to go kill the Daimyo. Like, visits him, kills all his people, and then kills him before revealing that he's, like, Daimyo's uh, brother. And being in, being... They tried to kill him, and he survived, and that like left him crazy and scarred up. So it kills him, and then lets Wolverine and everybody else know that he did the job, and now everybody feels unfulfilled because now they can't kill the one person that they were living their life to kill. And I think it's also implied that he's the daimyo that was like the one that was, uh, or like the general that probably had the Punisher and Wolverine in his army. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really like. It felt like it was a title, but like they were only ever referring to one guy. Yeah. Um. So I looked it up. <laughs> Oiran is actually a prostitute. A geisha is not technically a prostitute. No, a geisha is like an escort. They're like entertainers. They will or would sometimes sleep with their clients. Uh, Oiras are prostitutes, and they're actually like outlawed now because prostitution is illegal in Japan. So, yeah. If, if, in, in case you're curious, Slate has an article. All right. <laughs> cool. Uh, so anyways, as kind of plain and straightforward um, as I described it, that is the book. <laughs> yep. I remembered it. So I suggested this because I remembered it being like kind of great and it was not. <laughs> it's It's okay. So it's not bad. It's just kind of middling. Yeah. I think there's this funny thing about nostalgia. Like, if you come to something when you're young, chances are good, like really young, like childhood young, chances are if you come back to it again as an adult, you'll still see the stuff that you liked in it. But if you come to something when you're like inexperienced and then you go back to it later, so not like young, but like. I read this when I was first getting into comics around, this probably would have been about, like, what, 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. when, when I borrowed this from you all, though? No, and it would have been after like, that, but yeah. Because well, this came out like, in, like, 2011. Did this come out in 2011? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, whenever it was, like, 10 years later, yeah, okay, it came out in 2010. So, read it, 10 years later, come back to it, and it's like, yeah, you know, it's fine, I guess. Yeah, this was... Uh, I I remember reading this because I liked uh, the Marvel Noir stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was real interested in, like, Elseworlds stuff from Marvel. Because the DC Elseworlds stuff was really good. Like, everybody has read or has heard of Gotham by Gaslight or Red Sun, which are both good. Uh, So I was kind of, like, jonesing for that. So I read, like, Spider-Man Noir, and then I read this. And I... I remember thinking it was like really cool, really interesting, but like now, much later, as an advanced weeb and comic enthusiast, <laughs> it's 
it's okay. It's not terrible. It's not offensive, mostly. I mean, it's a little offensive. It's a little offensive. It's I'm not super stoked about uh, Psylocke kind of being a being a prostitute. It feels yeah, the one female character being a prostitute. Not a great look. No, yeah. I mean, and they kind of play her up as like being like the one in charge who intimidates the men, but like still a prostitute, which isn't isn't a bad thing. I don't want to say that that's a bad thing because you know sex workers deserve respect, but also this isn't written by a woman. <laughs> yeah, I like. There are a lot of interesting stories that can be told with women in feudal Japan. You mean like some sort of memoir of like <laughs> a geisha? That wasn't feudal Japan, that was World War II. Yeah, <laughs> memoirs of a geisha take, take place more recently than you think it did. I thought you said feudal Japan. <laughs> That's... The how did, no, what? I don't know, I don't know. That wasn't... I, I don't know how that was going to help anything. <laughs> but that... We're I, just going to throw some spaghetti at the wall and see if it sticks, huh? I had that one in my back pocket, like, <laughs> ready... And I didn't know when to use it, so I just used it now. <laughs> oh, uh, John, what did you think of the book? Chuck Sprite is going to have our heads for this episode. <laughs> you know, I, I had no connection to it. Um, I will tell you that the whole, reading the whole thing made me want to watch Kurosawa, and I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> I, um, I liked the art in all of the books except for Psylocke's book. I was confused... What De- uh, Deadpool just seemed like he was in there to be like, hey, Deadpool Samurai, look at him with a basket on his head. <laughs> like, I don't know, they they were like, like Punisher was just Punisher, right? right? And if they had leaned a bit more, like, either either connect it closer, you know, to these characters, make it more of like make it like have them have more like similar character moments, or maybe even better yet, swing the other way and um, give them something new and interesting to do um, more than they did in this situation. I thought the setting was cool. I thought that these characters were interesting to kind of pluck out and, you know, Hulk is a monk trying to master himself. That was interesting. Um, It was straight up just like small version of, you know, Seven Samurai. Um, uh, Wolverine was confusing because it was like, so, so there's Wolverine, but he's not himself. But by the time he meets up with Psylocke, he pretty much is himself. It's like, does is he really immortal, or is it just that they're like, you know, brothers or clones or whatever it's supposed to be? Like that was unclear to me. I I feel like it's just a bunch of dudes who look vaguely similar, then were groomed to all look the same. To like play the same role, kind of thing. Kind of like the immortals from Three Hundred. If you've seen that, only bits and pieces. They're the ones with the masks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, the one where it's like a few of them and they keep killing them and they keep coming back because it's just masks. Yeah. Yeah, that was the impression I got too, Waldo. Okay. Well, because I was like, this is Wolverine because they told me it's Wolverine and they say that he can't die and they're the claws, but they're not really claws. So how are they changing it from what we know about Logan? And he already has a uh, a Japanese connection and so. Um, I don't know. I was expecting them to like meet up or have the uh, crime lord be like you know a big Marvel, not big bad, like um, Japanese Wilson Fisk. Yeah. What else on Furisco? Oh gosh. That I mean, nope. Feel free to feel free to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting the uh, you know Daimo. Is that the correct? Yeah, I think Daimyo? so. Yeah, Daimyo. Daimyo. Yeah, like uh, we don't I, actually know how to pronounce things. I yes. I do, but I don't have the word in front of me. 
I was expecting him to be a Marvel Big Bad is the only thing. And I thought that, you know, either tie it in a bit more or pull it back and make it more original. But I didn't mind. I, I thought it was an interesting idea, um, but not as well executed as it could have been or I wanted it to be. Um, the art, like I said, was good and four out of the five is- issues. So, you know, not bad. I, um, I think my only complaint with the art is uh, on the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Which isn't because the art is bad. Actually, I think the Punisher issue has probably the best art of the whole set. Um, my problem though is the, the Punisher does. Uh, he wears white in here because that's the color of death in Japan or Japanese culture. But you can't tell he's wearing white because he's always in the <laughs> shadows. Yeah. yeah, they mentioned that later, and I was like, "Wait, was he?" <laughs> exactly. He was confused, you know, and yeah, there was a little bit of an issue whenever like in group scenes when uh, sometimes it was like who's who's this character like what's maybe it was just in the beginning of wolverine where you know there were a couple of people who looked exactly alike but then other people like townsfolk who were like ah these ronin coming through and no one or whatever um everyone kind of like i i don't know it's like that same face kind of comic book thing yeah yeah i got i actually got a little mixed up in the wolverine book as well uh like, in the scene where uh, the Wolverine character gets his head cut off and Deadpool sees it happen, I didn't realize Deadpool was in that scene at all. And I'm just flipping through it now, and yeah, he isn't. Like, that's the very first time Deadpool appears. It's on page 9 of the first issue, and it's just like the hat... Uh, the, like, with the mask, the, like, the basket mask that's got, like, the, the visor that he can see through, and then that's inset in a larger panel that shows the samurai standing over Wolverine's decapitated body, but the, the samurai also has, like, a little wicker thing, it's an armband thing, and he's holding up Wolverine's claws. There's something about that staging there that was really confusing to me. And I thought that the the Deadpool character was actually the samurai who killed Wolverine. Yeah. Was very confusing. Yeah. Man, I guess we know why these guys didn't show up on Secret Wars. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, for me personally, I don't... I don't understand why I didn't like this. Because this is basically just Yusagi Yojimbo, which is one of my all-time favorite comics. But... Like, this doesn't do anything for me, whereas I go out of my way to buy every bit of Yusagi Ojimbo comic that I can get my hands on. I think the problem, and maybe maybe, um, maybe we have the same problem, is that it has all these interesting ideas that the problem is they're interesting ideas that have been done before and in more interesting ways. And this book doesn't really do a whole lot with these ideas. Yeah, but, like, have you read much Yusagi Ojimbo? Either of you? No. Yeah, like, there isn't... There's, like, very few stories in Yusagi Ojimbo that are unique. He's had... Like, Stan Sakai, who writes that series, has a couple of story arcs recently that have dealt with Christians in Japan, and that's interesting, because you don't see too many stories about that stuff, because Christianity... Early Christianity in Japan is super depressing. But, uh, like, otherwise, he does riffs on... Kurosawa films, he does riffs on the stories that you've read elsewhere before, and they're all still kind of interesting. So I don't think it's just the lack of originality, because, like, I, I've seen that done, similar style, like, Izagi Jimbo does it great, so I'm not quite sure what it is about Five Ronin. Like, I think a lot of the charm in Izagi Jimbo comes from the artwork, which is, I, I think it's this very appealing 
stylized pen and ink line work. Um, it's very rarely colored. And uh, Five Ronin is, you know, it's very stylized and they're leaning into, into a particular aesthetic and color scheme that, I don't know, to me it's kind of uninspiring. I think the, the I kind of hate talking like this because especially when it comes to like the, the colors and the inks, it's like I don't really know enough about the craft to give a, a like intelligent reading. It's just most of the pages look like they're the same color and so it all seems very plain. Which is funny because I feel like the black and white pen and ink Stan Sakai comic has more like dynamism to it whereas these colors where you've got you know this massive palette you can draw from doesn't. It's a question of you know using that contrast the right way. You saw Jimbo. it's not like a simplistic comic. It, it's, it's done on purpose I would think to you know, highlight certain I mean, Yusagi Ojibo also has a bunny samurai, so that's interesting. You know, that might actually be the, the difference. None of these characters are bunny samurais. That, they should have put that on the cover. Here's David Aha's great cover work, and uh, no bunny samurai here, so maybe spin the spinner rack one more time. Try your luck on something else. Covers are really great on this. Yeah, they, they're fantastic. I love them. Although, the cover blurbs are hilarious. Yes. Did you guys read these? Yeah. Yeah, every single one of these books has a cover blurb on it. Uh, it's a quote I, from one of the characters in the book. The one on issue number two, the Hulk, the cover blurb says, I'm afraid you will be disappointed, but then all life is but a preparation for disappointment. And it's like, are you describing the experience of picking up this book? Because that's not a great copy. <laughs> no, you know, it wasn't bad. Um, I don't know if I'd reread it, you know, anytime soon. But um, I, I think it's good that there are, you know, little... I don't know, they tried to do something with these characters outside the norm and uh, made me want to watch Kurosawa. So I'm going to, you know, before we meet next time, I'm going to watch Seven Samurai. I, you should watch uh, Lone, Cub and, Lone Wolf and Cub. I did. It's called The Mandalorian. Kapow! Oh, yeah. yeah, well, I met you. So watch, you should watch the good one. <laughs> you saw Lone Jimbo also does a take on, on Lone Wolf and Cub. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on. I think you <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, no, I love The Mandalorian. But in comparison, it's not the good one. <laughs> I thought you were crapping on The Mandalorian. Yeah. But, the ma the I mean, that's the... Okay, so actually, that goes to the point that I wanted to make. And it's that, like, The Mandalorian is Lone Wolf and Cub. It even has, like, a Seven Samurai Story episode in there. Which is the best episode of the series. Sure, yeah. Um... Yeah, yeah. Throw that out there. Anyway. It also has my wife, Gina Carano. We already named an episode "My Wife, Gina Carano." I know that's how. That's why that's called a callback, Stephen. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my wife. My wife. But <laughs> sorry, I thought I, I thought that was part of the callback earlier. I don't know. I know that Borat jokes. No, that's the. I mean, to be fair, that's the only joke that's funny, and it's barely. Anyways, um, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh yeah. So it does that, but it does it interesting. Maybe just on the simple basis of it being Star Wars or The Mandalorian or having Baby Yoda in it. Um, I don't know what any other reasons are, but it's interesting. Um, as opposed to like this, where it, it has like a Seven Samurai-esque story that just concludes to a Hulk moment, which is fine, but it doesn't feel like... They have like a, this like subplot in there about him being like uh, having PTSD, but they don't really dig into it. 
and the fact that like he ends it and he's like, well, I guess I'm just a murderer. That's my life. Time to leave the village. And it's like, oh, okay. So he's not even going to try and reform after this. Um, or he's not going to use his newfound rage to, for good. Like it just doesn't do anything all that interesting. The setting that they pick is, is an interesting one. Like there's a lot of stories. I mean, this was an interesting time in Japan, which is why there's a lot of interesting stories about this. Cause this is when Japan was starting to, of the many times it was when they were changing, um, to kind of become a little bit more Western. So like they were summarized, were losing their status and power, uh, you know, soon after this is, we're not that soon, but like a hundred years after this is when they started outlawing swords in Japan. So like people couldn't even carry them where at this point, I think they could still carry them and it wasn't wholly illegal, but like, this is an interesting time of like Japanese history. Uh, they even talk about how several of the characters were in the war with Korea, which Japan at that time had failed at invading and overtaking Korea twice. Um, so like there's interesting stuff, but like none of it really like adds up to anything. Yeah, none of it really matters. That's and maybe that's the message, but <laughs> well, like, <laughs> and there's this whole thing about like having everybody wants to get revenge, and the one person who like and, and nobody gets revenge except one person, but they're crazy, so they don't realize that they just had had their revenge, maybe. They don't appreciate the revenge that they have. Yeah. And and nobody really learns anything from it, and they're just like, oh, now I feel empty. Time to go wander the countryside. I think I think this is getting to the heart of my dis- dissatisfaction with the story because yeah. like there there's interesting stuff that's going on. Um, in some cases, they don't really push into the interesting stuff hard enough. In other cases, it's like so. I have a kind of an issue with the Hulk story because. All of the characters are recognizably who they are. You know, like, Wolverine is, visually at least, he looks like Wolverine. Uh, The Punisher story, as we pointed out, is just straight up a Punisher story. Uh, And it might actually be my favorite of the bunch. Um, The Psylocke story is problematic, as we've already alluded to, and I don't really want to dwell on that. The, the, The Hulk story, the problem that I have with it is that the character isn't really recognizably the Hulk. He, he's he's a soldier with yeah. anger management issues, which is... And PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, but, like, you know, to, to say that, you know, to describe the, the Hulk as, like, a, a soldier or, like, an angry man with... Or, or like, a, a violent person with slight anger management issues, it, it's kind of like, I don't know, just, like, understatement, you know? It's, it's like describing... I'm trying to think of a good example here and my it's reduct it's reductive in a way that doesn't get the character like it's like saying captain america is just a guy who wears a flag right yeah it which is who captain america is in his worst portrayals but in his best portrayals he's all about the ideology he's all about the uh the values you know um i guess it's like describing like george carlin as a comedian who uses a couple dirty words you know yeah. Yeah. Not like as, you know, this this brilliant writer who who weaves a tapestry of profanity that both excites and entertains. It's it's understatement in a way that doesn't serve the character. Yeah, what I said, but longer. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just like that it, we went from you know the very little I know about Kurosawa to George Carlin, and I know a little bit more about Carlin than Kurosawa. It all comes full circle. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think for for me, it's just a little like disappointing. There's like, you know, there's a lot of interesting ideas, but like nothing goes anywhere and nothing like really matters. And I don't come out of here with like a moral or like an interest to know more. Like, and that's, you know, I was comparing this kind of a little bit to like the Marvel noir stuff. And I think that did more interesting stuff with a similar premise than this. Uh, and and I, I don't know if it's because of the character selection or or what it is, but it just kind of feels like like somebody had an idea, but the person who had the idea wasn't the one who wrote it. That would be interesting to look into. Have you guys ever read Peter Milligan before? No, I think he does. Ex- I think I looked into it. I think he does Exatics. Yeah, he does Ecstatics, which I've read most of Ecstatics, the original series. I, I never actually finished it. Um, it's good. Like, I've, from what I've read of, of Milligan, which isn't, you know, everything, he seems like a really interesting writer who's willing to do some, like, experimental stuff. Princess Diana was a member of his superhero team that he wrote for Marvel Comics. Huh. Yeah. And so it's like, where's that guy? This doesn't feel like that guy, and, I have, and I've only read this. Like, the way you're describing that, it doesn't feel like it's the same. Right. It's kind of like the disconnect that we've seen with uh, Chips Darsky, you know, who I've always associated as a, as a funny writer, and then we read Spider-Man Life Story. But the difference is, Zdarsky did really well with the serious comic, and I don't, I don't think Milligan sticks the landing here. Yeah. And I think it just goes back to all of the stuff that we talked about. You know, it, it's it's a story that seems to it has a fun concept, but it isn't willing to explore that concept in great detail. Uh, it doesn't build really to anything. In fact, when when you get to the point where you realize that the stories are actually connected, and other characters like you think Deadpool is going to be the only arc that joins in all together. But then Wolverine shows up in the Psylocke story, and then everybody features for a little bit in the Deadpool story, and you're like, oh, all of these stories were connected? It's really dissatisfying, because it doesn't feel earned. It's like covering up for the weaknesses in the Deadpool story, where he just shows up, I don't know why I'm killing you, but I'm killing you, and then he leaves, and he's like, why did I kill that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm Deadpool. And, and, and part of the thing is that I remembered uh, quite fondly, and probably wrongly so, is I remembered this being a little pulp fictiony because of the disconnected stories and stuff like that, and and rereading it, I was like, mm, I know it wasn't that way at all. I wonder if it wanted to be. I feel like it did. I feel like it really did. But I don't think, especially like the Hulk and Punisher stories, don't actually tie in well enough. No, like both of those guys, like Hulk isn't even really tied into the story, with the exception of Deadpool, and only in like the bare minimum way in that he met the Punisher. Right. And the Punisher is only there because he was going to go kill the guy that has been killed already. There was no there was no um, needles to the heart to bring someone back from a heroin overdose. Yep. No Thanks Zed. No Zed's dad, baby. <laughs> Who is Zed? <laughs> Henry Cavill. Who is Zed? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Where is it? Je ne sais pas. That is it. Oh. 
All right, I think that's a that's a that's a sign to move on. <laughs> I am so confused. I don't know. Don't get what's going on. It's the girl, Bruce Willis's girlfriend in in uh, Pulp Fiction, is she's French. Oh gosh. Okay, so <laughs> guess who's never seen Pulp Fiction? Oh my gosh, Stephen, really? Oh, oh Steven. Steven. It's on my list. I'll Steven. get to it eventually. Oh, you know what's on? You know, you know, everybody has a list that they never get to, Stephen. I have a feeling like you're just putting it on the shelf. Here's the thing. I've got a list of movies that I intend to get to and a list of movies that I intend to avoid forever. And Pulp Fiction's at least on the first list. It's just, it still holds up and the storytelling alone is worth watching it. It's just... Steven, I, I don't buy very... Okay, I shouldn't say I don't buy very many Blu-rays as I stare at a wall of Blu-rays. Um, <laughs> I have bought Pulp Fiction at least three times. It is my number one movie. It's, I mean, it's worth it for the Samuel Jackson scenes alone. And John Travolta. This is, this is probably John Travolta's best movie. Oh, easily his best movie. It might, I'm, I'm like thinking back. I was like, well, I like Phenomenon at the time. I mean, maybe, may, I mean, Grease comes to it like a kind of close second. No, it doesn't. But that's because it's a different type of Travolta. You know that Travolta can't sing, right? Oh, that's the that's the that's where we're gonna go. That's the big <laughs> the big stumbling In a block. musical, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> no, it isn't. Halloween had made tons of cash. Okay, but Pierce Brosnan doesn't play the mom. Or, wait, no, she's not a mom. <laughs> she's a mom. I've seen Mamma she Mia mom. once. It's called Mamma Mia. Then you should have gleaned You should have gleaned one thing from it, that she's the mom. As in, Bye. Mamma Mia, here I go again. Yeah. Wow, wow, Ooh, how much I missed you. Yeah, I mean, John Travolta was the mom in uh, uh, Hairspray, yeah. That's John Travolta's best movie. Uh, All no. right, let's move on. Uh, all right, join us next week for the Travolta cast where we educate Steven on the best and worst of John Travolta. First movie that we watched, Battlefield Earth. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. We should watch Gotti. <laughs> Gotti was bad. Uh, Anyways. Uh, we're just going to sit around and get some good $5 shake. Oh my gosh. I've seen that episode of Binging with Batman. Oh, Steven, that's not watching Steven the movie. Don't even. <sighs> no, these... It will not. As much as I love Babish, it will not save you. I, I know the Royale with cheese bit. Everybody knows the Royale with cheese. <laughs> That's not special. Yeah, that doesn't amount to anything. Uh, John, 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 do you want to? This should tell you by how many cu- cultural touchstones there are in that one film how important it is to see it. Horrifying graphic violence aside, it's still essential. Oh, don't don't forget the rubber suit gimp. That's also a little uncomfortable. So I read some Thor. I want to talk to you guys about. (laughs) See, I've I've only ever seen it on TV. um, Oh my gosh, you've watched it neutered. (laughs) I've I've lost a little bit of respect for you, but not as much as I lost for Stephen. Let's let's focus on you know. And Stephen, how do you get the the best uh, like? Maybe the funniest meme I've seen. It's it's definitely top five. It's Samuel L. Jackson playing Guess Who, and the kid on the box has a picture of Marcellus Wallace. And because we don't want an explicit tag, I'm not going to ask what question he's asking, but you know it. It's Guess Who, the kid's game. Does he look like it? Anyway. Well, oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that. Took him. He got it, though. Yeah, I got it. It took me a while, but I got there.
God, I need, I need a nap. <laughs> okay, so I, um, I suggested this because um, my brother-in-law, best friend, he's both. Uh, he's been reading Jason Aaron's Thor and saying, dude, it's really good, dude, it's really good, dude, it's really good. And I was like, all right, I need to go jumping on point. I was like, how about this event? Nope, got to go back further. How about this? Nope, got to go back further. How about that? And then so we're back. Thor, God of Thunder, 2012, written by Jason Aaron, drawn by Isad Rivik. Anyone have a better pronunciation? I always feel bad. Oh, gosh. Every time, every time I think I'm going to look it up and I forget. Isad or Assad? I feel like Assad sounds right. Assad Rivik, yeah. Um, it's it's great. Um, the story goes, we see young Thor in uh, 893, um, you know, parting with some Vikings, with some, oh, well, some in uh, Iceland, and then he discovers a dead god. And we get the first of the amazing Thor faces in this round on page four of the first issue. There's some just like, whoop, like... I don't even know. It's so good. I love that. I love the facial expression, and it pops up a couple of different places in the other issues of Thor's just like dumbfounded expression of like, oh, oh, there's some weird crap going on here. Finds a dead god. Um, we see current Thor answering a prayer of a young girl on a planet, and it turns and it, for rain. He brings rain because he's the god of thunder. And you need, you know, clouds and lightning to bring thunder. So he. Um, shows up, finds out that they have no gods to pray to, and he looks around, and he's like, oh shoot, these gods were killed. And then we see King Thor, many thousands of years in the future, from current Thor, as the last god in Asgard, the last person left there, uh, apart from this evil horde, uh, trying to kill him and not letting him die. Um, and we kind of go along with those, with those stories. Young Thor... Uh, fights Gore, the God Butcher. That's what this arc is, is the God Butcher. Um, and it actually goes, guys, beyond, I, I think it's 12 issues, uh, maybe just the next, maybe just 11, but I, I read the whole arc because I couldn't put it down. Uh, spoiler alert, I liked this one, guys. <laughs> um, young Thor finds and fights Gore, gets the upper hand um, temporarily, and later on is tortured by him. Um, current Thor has forgotten exactly how that shook out because he's lived so long he talks about that he's trying to track down what other gods have been killed and possibly where this um, god butcher has come from meets a god that he uh, tortured Shadrach and um, gets the word Kronux from him and we see uh, when it follows the god butcher's path that that is a, a world of time gods that he is using to um, travel around and enact his plan, which um, turns out he gets the heart of an elder god and comes back, and then that leads into the next arc, which we're not discussing. Um, the King Thor arc, um, he fights off the Horde, and he is, he's missing an arm, he has missing an eye, he's you know, all but lost his strength, but then current Thor who has followed Gore to this time planet is able to show up and uh, team up with King Thor and they're able to fight off um, the God Butcher's minions free Asgard so that uh, they can go on the offensive and King Thor is no longer trapped and he kind of gets revitalized, gets the um, the Odin force, the Thor force the... Um, Thors? Thors, thank you. Let's say King Thor gets his group back, <laughs> but that's not right. Um, so they're able to go off and um, try to take on Gore, but 
really really great art really great writing i am i am now a fan i'm going to read all of this through war of the realms because i kind of wanted to know more about that and so i'm i'm reading this to read the next thing to read the next thing to read them you know so it's i remember being that young and optimistic once <laughs> <laughs> but although you're younger than me oh. um i love the jokes about uh, beards and maybe that comes up later after our arc now that i think about it my the <laughs> My one disappointment was that we didn't read issue six, which was the gore, the Gorigen story. <laughs> um, and yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm Man. too proud of that. Um, I really wanted to read the 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 Gorigen story, and it's not part of the podcast, so I held off. It's good. Yeah. Oh, well, I read it. Yeah, I know I what it is. I've read it like read in the it past, but I didn't read it. I didn't reread it for the oh, podcast because okay. I didn't want to mix that up with what we are actually talking about issue issue one page four issue three page five issue four page 13 issue five page 20 all have the dumbfounded current thor of uh, actually it's young thor in some of them like the face and it's hilarious maybe i saw it in memes or um it was texted to me frequently at one point in history but for whatever reason it's it struck me really funny and uh, i highly recommend this series if for no other reason than to see thor's like Shoot, there's a dead god in the river right there. What? Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I thought it was um, great that we got, you know, what what's Thor up to when he's all off Thoring by himself, you know, and not being an Avenger. And uh, really cool. Um, exceptional art and writing. What did you guys think? <laughs> yeah, my one big complaint with this story is, you know, we're, we're kind of evaluating the story as it's packaged, which is not a complete story, right? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. This is like, this is setting things up for the God Bomb, which is the next one, which is, it's, that's just such a great title and like a great yeah. bad guy. I, so here's, here's the thing. Before, I'm going to be a little hipster about this. Before Thor Ragnarok, I loved Immigrant Song by Led Zeppelin. And when I was reading this and they're doing that big fight with like King Thor and like, present thor and they're fighting like all the things that was running through my head yeah a little a little a la thor ragnarok yeah yeah it's good man yeah <laughs> yeah there were you could see stuff that they like i know that Lo love and thunder is going to be pulled from the um jane foster thor mm -hmm. somehow i don't feel like gore is going to make it into love and thunder no no i don't think so the only other thing that we've read that uh ribby has drawn I, I, I looked. I couldn't find a pronunciation guide. I'll have to, like, Google some YouTube videos later to see if he says his own name and something. But anyway, I think the only other thing that we've read uh, that he drew was Secret Wars. And I, like, we talked about Secret Wars. I thought it was fine. Like, the artwork. I love the story, but I, I thought the artwork was kind of just fine. Uh, this story's great. This is the type of thing Rubik was, like, destined to draw, right? Like, he is perfectly suited for this. Oh, yeah. Oh, it yeah. almost feels... And I know I've said this a couple times. And I've comp I've brought him up a couple times. But Rubik, to me, feels like a modern... At least in this book. He feels to me like a modern uh, Frank Frazetta. Yeah, no, I, I see that here. Little, yeah. Uh, yeah. The art is... Stellar. And I actually would go so far as to say that the art is better than the writing in this. At point. And that's not... Yeah. 
at point. And that's no, like, disrespect to Jason Aaron, who I quite like. Um, I just don't think... I think this story is so much set up that, like, the writing doesn't shine the way that you want it to. The artwork is phenomenal, though. And it does make me want to go on and read God Bomb. Uh, but which is which is real good. I yeah, and there's like a few things I like here. Uh, you know, you know, one being the art, the, the the action scenes are very well choreographed. I really enjoyed them. Uh, I and I even love the little. I call it a Shazam moment because yeah. I've seen Shazam do it a bunch. But I love the moment where he tells him he's like, "What are you the god of?" And he's like, "Thunder," and then hits him with the, the, the lightning, which isn't technically thunder, but. Uh, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to draw the Yeah, well no, I'm not I'm not going to draw despite the scientific inaccuracies. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to draw lines in my superhero book about Norse gods and interdimensional intergalactic god killers. Um, <laughs> but but that's a it's a fantastic moment. It's a great moment. I mean, it also you can tell you can tell they took that moment for Thor Ragnarok. Oh yeah, yeah, and played played much the same way of like, oh no, he's totally hosed, and then bam, yeah. Except here, he was still mostly hosed. <laughs> yeah, or they yeah. crash land on Earth and laid in a coma for seven days while. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, I think he recovered from that better than I would. <laughs> all th- all things considered. Shame he didn't land on the Neva River in the more recent time, like any time, any time after the 1700s, because St. Petersburg is lovely. <laughs> <laughs> we started talking about the, the bit from Thor Ragnarok, and all I want to do now is rewatch the movie so I can hear Anthony Hopkins say, Are you the god of hammers? Yeah. That line yeah. is so good. Yes. Uh, yes. That line is that's, so good. That's one thing I loved about Shadrach, which, oh, that doesn't that doesn't come up. He changes like what he's the god of. You don't find out what he's the god of, really. For a while. Oh, interesting. But that was like that was a, a twist, like him being like, "He removed my eyelids. He made me watch. He left me alive." And it's like, "Oh, geez, this is this is a real bad guy." So I I feel um, I liked in the Doctor Strange story we read for the podcast, like the Last Days of Magic, oh, where yeah. you know it's such a strong opposing force. Like he's trying to end magic. Period. And this guy has like you know godlike powers, and he's trying to just kill gods, and he's doing it. And the guy, you know, ending magic, he he all but did it. So that's an uh, interesting comparison. I didn't think about that. You want to know something else? Both those books are written by Jason Aaron. Oh, that's right. Also, this is the fifth book we've read by Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron's good. Yeah. Uh, we read Last Days of Magic, Thunder in Her Veins, Thor's Battle World, and Vader Down. Down. I keep forgetting he wrote that one. Yeah. Is he the creator of Doctor, I forget her name, who's Vader's... Afra? Yeah. I don't think so. Kieran Gillen and Salvador LaRocca created uh, Doctor Afra. Because I think she's going to be in something, or, or maybe they cast her. I don't know. Did they cast Karen Gillen as Karen Gillen? No. Kieran. <laughs> Kieran. Kieran. <laughs> Not Karen. <laughs> So hard to understand with your accent. Oh, you mean they did not cast Karen Gillen as Karen Gillen? Yeah, we oui, oui. Oh, Henry Cavill. <laughs> oh, Henry. Oh, bonjour, monsieur. Oh, <laughs> la super <laughs> 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 
つだったんですよ。Oh, エスカルゴゴール got a great design. Like, I don't, I didn't think he was gonna wind up being as like cool as he was, as he wound up being. Just like from the initial images, it's like, oh, scary guy in a Holocaust cloak. Yep, that's okay. Uh, but no, like, he, he winds up being pretty decent. I, I think for me, the thing that's a little bit more interesting is, uh, even, you know, I, I tried to read this book like a year ago and gave up immediately. Um, <laughs> But I think even even since then, if you had asked me to like sketch out a basic drawing of what Gore looks like, I probably could have. And I, I don't, I don't mean to insult the amazing、uh, Chris Bachalo, but I do not remember at all what the villain from that book looks like. And and I don't know what that says. I'm just trying to say, I'm just trying to say Gore is is a is a simple design done well. Yeah, and I think some of that comes down to. Ribic, like his, his panels and layouts, because you get some distinct expressions. Oh, like when, when he comes out of the clouds and kills Thor's Pegasus that he stole? Yeah. Or when he does like a double take, he does a couple of that where he's like, what? And there's you know, lines showing his eye movement. Or,、really、or where, he, where he walks out of a pool of blood holding the heart of an elder god. Yeah, that yeah, sounds you, metal. You see why, like, immigrant song would be playing a lot when you're reading. I,、yeah. loved, I, read, I don't often read like, the letters col- columns in the back, but one of the first couple issues said, like, What, what、uh, heavy metal band would Thor be in? And Jason Ayers was like, Any of them. Like, all of them. Yeah. <laughs> There's, There's baby metal. There. Oh, baby metal. Baby metal Thor would be. <laughs> okay. I mean, to... Isn't that just Lady Baby? Yeah, I was about to say that. I was a. Yes. I don't want to derail the conversation any further. So,、uh, how do I get back?、Uh, what was I trying to say before you distracted me with Baby Metal and Lady Baby? <laughs>、uh, it's good. It's beautiful art. <laughs> it's, again, again, my only disappointment isn't with the. Well, I have a couple like, minor complaints. So insignificant, though. But my, my biggest disappointment is our fault, and it's that we didn't read the Gore origin story because I think. That would have helped with this book as a package. Because at, the, because at the end of the book, we still don't know much about Gore, which isn't a bad thing because the book up to this point has done a really good job at presenting Gore as a really good, powerful villain when he's destroying and killing gods. And it's not done in a way that feels cheap、uh, because we see his fights and he talks a lot about his accomplishments, and we don't see a lot of his, his accomplishments. And it adds to a really good, interesting like, idea, right? Like, and it's a little bit of that Vader thing where, where you don't necessarily see Vader do a whole lot, but you hear a lot about what he's done、mm-hmm. before, before we know, you know that he hates sand because it's coarse and it gets everywhere. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Now, I'm going I'm to push back just a little bit and say that I don't think this is our fault for not reading that issue. It's our fault,、I'm- Stephen. I'm going to put the blame on the publishers. Like,、yep. they didn't make it part of the story, like, officially. The, the, f- 
first volume of Thor, God of Thunder, like, you buy the trade paperback, it's issues one through five. It doesn't include issue six. I think it becomes on us to be bigger fans than next time. Because it's a good issue. I read the next, you know, several to complete that next arc. Because, um, I mean, this it really is one big story. And for trade paperback purposes, they've broken it up, so... I also don't trust Marvel because they have... They have a they have a trade paperback that's like the complete Jason Aaron Thor God of Thunder, and it's only the first eighteen issues. But oh, uh, you know whatever, it doesn't sound very complete to me. Maybe it was complete when it was published, and since he's come out with more. No, it's because they did a re- like a micro reboot. Oh, because they did one of those point now type things that they were doing like twenty, like fifteen whatever. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I feel like we should have read. Issue six because it's not standalone, but it's not part of the of God Bomb, which God Bomb is number seven. And it does, it does. Um, I was like, I kind of felt like I knew what I was gonna, ex- like I knew what to expect, and I got a little bit of that. But it's still, it's very well done. So this, you know, horrible villain, you still, you see the motivation, and you know, enough of enough understanding and empathy to be like, okay, I, I understand like why he's doing. I mean, I, it's really bad what he's doing, but like. Yeah, it's yeah, and it's it's cool because you know knowing his backstory, which which I I do, it it's interesting to me. But based on this package on what we have here, he still he's kind of one note, but he's one note in an interesting way because he has, you know, you know, I I keep going back to his spiel where he where he's torturing Thor and he tells him, you know, I've killed so many gods of of war of of like famine or whatever. He's like, I even tortured a god of torture, and I made him tell me where, his, like, where his kids were where hiding. His children were, yeah. Yeah, and like that stuff is interesting, and and I like that. And then what he does to the other guy with the eyes, yeah. like it's you're just like, oh my gosh, like where did this guy come from? Well, we'll find out uh, when we read the next story arc. So um, I'm glad that we're um, in agreement on this. Should we throw him up on the list? Yeah, I think I think for uh, 2021, we should just read uh, Ultimate Spider-Man and Jason Aaron's Thor. <laughs> hey. <laughs> you know, the, the worst part about that idea is I have no counter-argument at all. <laughs> <laughs> we have to change the name of the podcast, though. I vote for uh, the Sporterman <laughs> podcast. I was going to go with Spider-Thor, but okay. God of Thunder Spiders. Why are we going with a sensible way of slamming those names together? (laughs) But God of Thunder Spiders. (laughs) Ooh, God of Thunder Spiders. New band name, I call it. (laughs) I was going to say Web of of Thor. Ooh, Web of Thunder. Thunderweb. Ooh. Thunderweb sounds like a new type of Under uh, under Armour underwear. Oh, I was going to say it sounds like a new (laughs) internet thing. (laughs) Oh, boy, have you guys heard about this Thunderweb? Yeah, it's like the internet, but faster and louder. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still stuck on the death metal thing, like thinking what the what the music would sound like, and I'm picturing sort of like a. Somebody, somebody, call my family and tell them I died. Well, I can hear a dog now. There's a dog like, hey, Aldo, are you okay? <laughs> we didn't exchange emergency contact numbers before 
<laughs> you can't murder me with that good of a joke, Stephen. Hey, gotta hurry and release this podcast so I can make my new ringtone. They just, they just, they just hold the guitar pick like the Spider-Man web thing. All right, all right. True believers. With great power comes great responsibility. All right. Gosh, when are we gonna debut our album, guys? Oh my gosh, oh my gosh! Mary Jane Foster! <laughs> so, uh, I don't, I honestly don't have anything else to say about it. I think we're, we're fine if we want to go on to the ranking. <sighs> Man, we are coming up on 100. We're gonna hit 100, I think, next month. Well, maybe not. No. It'll probably be two months. Yeah. We've got 95 stories on the list currently. Uh, very end of the list is The Evil That Men Do. Blech. And very top of the list is uh, No Normal, Ms. Marvel, G. Willow Wilson. It's good, it's good stuff. Okay, so where does Five Ronin go? Oh, that's where we're starting? Okay. Yep, <laughs> we're starting with Five Ronin. Okay, I was already looking for to like, I, I already know where I want to put Cod Butcher, but yes, let's talk about this first. I'm, I'm going in that middle area where it's like, okay, there's a line where I would reread this one, but the one right under it, I would not. And so that's what I'm looking for here. I I would put this uh, probably not above House of M. I was thinking um, at 59, right under Ultron Unlimited. I would disagree with you only in the in the smallest sense that uh, I would rather put this above Ultron Unlimited. Okay, you both are way higher than I am. Oh, oh. For, for one thing, I would absolutely read Mary Jane Homecoming again. Oh, you're right. That is right there. <laughs> oh, that's. I was hoping you guys wouldn't see that. <laughs> I almost did it. What's your pitch, Steven? I mean, it's better than Fatal Attractions, right? Yes. Yeah. But, like, not much better than Fatal Attractions. It's not better than the NBC Wintertime Winter Friends Winter Fun Special. Well, that's a Hawkeye book, Steven, and I'm always voted down. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's somewhere between there, which puts it between, like... Which one was taking... Oh, yeah, that was the Heroes for Hire, which is kind of forgettable. It's actually pretty comparable to taking it to the streets, that, that Heroes for Hire story there that we, like, didn't really care I, about. I will concede for 63. Yeah. I, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. 63 yep. sounds good to me. Yeah. Yep. Not bad, not great. That's the... That's the... That area. Yeah, pretty much. Well, it's, it's just... It's a shame, because, like, there's, there's cool potential for that, but I think that they, like, I don't know, story-wise, should have leaned harder in one way, and we didn't get that, so... Down you go, 63. Look, I'm just going to say, if you like the idea of this book, but not the execution, read Usagi Yojimbo. Or watch yeah. The Mandalorian. Or yeah. watch The Mandalorian. Now, I got to say, well, I was trying to look up Lone Wolf and Cub. Like, do you guys have a specific one? Because I just typed in Lone Wolf and Cub, trying to find, you know, what, like, you know the one to start with, right? Well, uh, <laughs> what I found... Hold on, I gotta bring it up again so I can tell you exactly which one. Um, Lone Wolf and Cub, Baby Cart in Peril. I was like, oh, I'm gonna take a screenshot because the image at the top of this uh, page in IMDb is straight out of The Mandalorian. So it's like, yeah, this is this is what you're looking for. 
But then the actual poster for the movie has a tattooed topless woman and then this kid with this crazy haircut and the samurai Ronin um, like pulling a sword. And I'm like, okay, this is wild, so maybe I won't share this one with you guys, but I don't know if this is the place where I should start with this film. Ogami is hired to uh, kill a tattooed female assassin. Gunbei um, Yagyu, an enemy samurai, happens upon Ogami's son and sees his chance for revenge. My, my connection to this is also... Um, Hawk and Dove, which is the name of the samurai films that Bob and his uh, daughter Louise like in Bob's Burgers, which uh, you guys should watch Bob's Burgers. So I'm just going to tell you that's probably not the one you want to start with, because that is the fourth film. Yeah. Well, uh, there we go. Okay. But the one you want to start out with is uh, Sword of Vengeance. Sword of Vengeance. There was also a TV series, but I don't know how good the TV series was. The whole thing is based on a comic, I believe. An old manja. I've seen gifs of the manja. Oh, goodness. This is... Lone Wolf and Cub, Sword of Vengeance, Kenji Masumi from 1972. Yeah. Glad that we got that on the podcast for future posterity, everybody. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've always been curious about Lone Wolf and Cub, and I've never actually gotten around to reading it. Anyway. That's good. Okay. Are we ready to talk about God Butcher? Yes. I, I don't want to penalize it because the part of the story we read is incomplete because it's like the first arc setting up the overall story. But I know that Steven's going to bring that up because that is kind of what we do on the podcast. I mean, I was going <laughs> to. Not all the evil in the podcast is my fault, John. Yeah, let's, let's, let me remind you who suggested two of the three lowest ranking stories. F- hold on. Four of the five lowest ranking stories in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Those all, those all came from you, didn't they? Except Eminem Punisher. Which needs to be higher. No, it's fine where it is. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, dear rules Fuhrer. No. no. <laughs> so I'll tell you where my ceiling is, uh, and we'll, we'll maybe negotiate from here. But I don't, personally, I don't want to put it any higher than Beta Ray Bill. Beta Ray oh. Bill is also the first part of, a, of an epic Thor story arc. I give Beta Ray Bill a little bit more credit because it is a complete story. Whereas this is very much not a complete story. But it's still good, and so I want to put it in the top quarter of the list, you know? Yeah, I was going to go slightly higher than you, and I was going to say maybe below or above Man Without Fear. Because I think this, I feel like this has some of the same issues that we have with Man Without Fear, but more strengths. Hmm. I, I was going to say, after Dark Phoenix, split the difference right above the Doctor Strange Jason Aaron story we, we read. I kind of like the Doctor Strange story better. It, it's more complete, and it is a little goofier, and he does fight, like, interdimensional space haters, magic haters with an axe. Yeah, he also has an axe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who who wore that axe better? Let's Let's be... Well, young Thor, but that let's we don't have to take anything away from Doctor Strange by saying. I mean, Doctor Strange's axe had an eyeball on it. Doctor Strange's axe is more of like an acid rock band, I think. <laughs> He's more of a Jerry Garcia, less of a Jimmy Page. Definitely something sexual. I just, I just, I'm really enjoying this moment. <laughs> this magic seeing, moment. I'm, 
<laughs> and I'm just seeing like a band dressed up like Spider-Man with Thor helmets and capes, just like <laughs> just going to town, just crazy. Okay, so I'm gonna put out another pit. Let's put it between the last days of Magic and Runaways. Yep. I'm not happy about it, but I'm fine with it. <laughs> hey, welcome to democracy. Gosh, is this how you feel all the time, John? <laughs> all of the time. Man, what did we do to you? <laughs> knocked my knocked my Hawkeye down a few pegs. Yeah. All right. So we're creeping our way towards 100, but we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of time to get there because our next episode we're only gonna read a single story again. Uh, this is one that we've kind of had on our on our list for a while, just because I really like the writer, but I haven't read the comic. I actually don't think I've ever read any of this guy's comics. Uh, we're going to read the 2017 Black Bolt miniseries by Saladin Ahmed with art by Christian Ward. It is a 12-issue miniseries. We're reading the whole thing. It's a little bit longer than we normally like to do for a single story, so we're going to dedicate a whole episode to it. I think it's... Oh, no. I was going to say it's been a while since we did a single story, but then I remembered we just did, like, Secret Wars, like, two episodes ago. <laughs> yep. And House and Powers of X was one story. I, I, I guess. By technicality. Or, no. Not technicality, because by technicality... By actuality. Yeah. By technicality, it's two. In actuality. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't actually know much about this story. I've read a novel that Saladin Ahmed wrote, and I really, really liked it, and then later found out he was writing comics. He's he's writing uh, the new Miles Morales stuff. He's writing Kamala Khan currently as well. Mm. Ooh, I have a feeling he's going to be our guy. He's all over the place at Marvel right now. So, And, and like I say, I really liked the novel of his that I read, so uh, I'm optimistic. But this is also Black Bolt, and I'm not sure people care. Yeah, Blackagar Boltigan, descent relative of uh, Spidergar Manigar Manitar. I ruined it. I ruined it. I'm sorry. Blackagar Boltagon is almost definitely the first single from from Web of Thunder or whatever we're calling the band. <laughs> Blackagar Thunderweb. Gosh, I want to start like, <laughs> uh, I want to start like a nerd group, like nerd rap group, and have that be my debut album. Let's call it Blackagar. <laughs> And then, and then when I release the remix album, it'll be called Bolt Again. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad because I, I have I have nothing to contribute to that. <laughs> so good on its own. I can't continue the joke by riffing on it because there's nothing more to... You just... <laughs> it's fine. We all peaked at the beginning of this podcast. We really did. <laughs> oh, actually, no. I take that back. Uh, Thwip was kind of the peak. Yeah, yeah. That was no. That was Stevens. That was Stevens' peak. We had a peak earlier. Yeah. Let's go to the polls. Oh yes. I'm super. Bomb the tail.